Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, Masters in the Making. Thank you for tuning in to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. I'm Sid Bennett. And our friend Terry Kennedy is still off and away with family. Perhaps he's tuning in. Hello, Terry, if you're there. Um, Today we are concluding our three-part series on the five steps of initiation with an Ascended Master. We, We began our series with friend, I mean, I'm sorry, with student and Sheila, Last week, we went on to friend and brother, and today the final step, the fifth step, is Christhood, which is quite a monumental achievement. Well, no one tells you that your goal in life is to put on the Christ, even as Jesus put on the Christ. This is such a profound statement and a profound revelation to our souls that we have to get used to it, so to speak, because instead of you being a worthless sinner, you have the potential to walk the earth as a Christ of one, even as Jesus did. Not equal in attainment to Jesus, but the Christ is the Christ, whether it's in Jesus or you or me. We all have this potential. We still stay who we are, so to speak, but without the the human uh, effluvia, it kind of <laughs> yeah. goes the way, and instead our Christ consciousness is is one with our consciousness. So this is this is not a small subject, Tom. It's, it's of importance to our souls. It's important to the set of our sails. It's important to how we gauge our lives, our potential, and our divine plan. And this, we are not worthless sinners. Yes, we have sinned, we have karma, but we have the potential to become the Christed ones, and the ascended masters are more than willing to teach us how to walk that path. Indeed, well said. And because this is not a small subject, we're going to be playing three lecture excerpts today because it just demands it. And so I think without any further ado, let's listen to the first segment right now. The fifth level of relationship is Christ, the full incarnation of the Word who is one's guru. If you were to ask me what part we may have played in Moria's loss of his dispensation, I would say it is that fulcrum going from the nine to the ten o'clock line on the secret rays from three to four the assumption of friendship with El Moria, but a false sense of friendship for which some were not ready. Instead of remaining the ardent chila, following the steps of the teaching given and applying them and embodying them, one makes the assumption that I work for you so hard all day, I don't really have to do these things. I don't have to assimilate the body and blood of Christ, I don't have to apply the word, I don't have to do what the dictations tell me I have to do because I'm here and I'm somehow in the inner circle or I'm anywhere in the world. Just being a keeper of the flame makes people feel that importance. And therefore, I'm the master's friend, the master loves me unconditionally and will sponsor me come what may. Again, that is a misconception of a true master and a true disciple, a true guru-chila relationship. We have to be careful not to assume. Somehow, somewhere, the body of keepers of the flame and light bearers who know El Moria have presumed upon his grace 
and his intercession, and have not realized that we are the omega, the other side of the whole, and we must provide the balance, hence be chilas with a capital C. Now what does prevent people from moving forward in these steps? Something that I have noticed, and this has come up in a matter where in various instances I have disciplined people and I have entered into levels of their psychology. And in some cases, it has taken me many years to understand what I was dealing with as I would go after what we usually term the carnal mind. I want to tell you about this because I think that it is and can be a step beyond which not one but any number of individuals cannot go. And so this is based on specific counseling of one and others. Usually when the masters mention a specific example in a dictation, or I do, in the next week any number of people will come and say to me, that was so-and-so, wasn't it? I knew that that was so-and-so they were talking about. What I'd like to say to you is that it doesn't matter who it is. It's the generic chila. <laughs> the point is that the lessons and teachings of life come out of the crucible of experience. You just don't pull down balloons from the sky. Teaching is based on what is happening in the day-to-day -day evolution. And so if something has occurred in a situation, I bring it to your attention. It's important to get the lesson and to know that everybody has to pass through what we're talking about. So let's concentrate on ourselves and say to ourselves, this could be me, and if it is me, I better understand this and better see to it that I master it, that I get past it. So what could be you, which is definitely individually some people in this organization, is a situation where, and this is definitely true of many people, where the intellectual mind, being of a superior intelligence, background, and education, has found to be, by the individual, sufficient for all the wants and needs of that individual, not for centuries, but for thousands of years. One could conquer one's environment, one's economy, one's life, live successfully, get everything they want out of life, by merely the exercise and use of the intellect having no need to tap the universal mind or the Christ mind. I have mentioned to you in the past that I am very grateful in this life, that I am not an extraordinary genius, so that it is very easy to see, for me, that I have need of the mind of God. The mind of God that I see so clearly couldn't possibly be contained in my mental body, let alone anyone's. I don't consider my mental body or my intellect sufficient to get me through the day. But a lot of people have believed that for a long time. To complement that intellect, they have also developed a psychic sense, an intuitive sense. By psychic I mean that which comes from the soul, the psyche. Highly intuitive, very much attuned in a vertical sense to the things going on in the world, they have developed those soul faculties. Soul faculties are not spiritual faculties unless they are put to a spiritual use. 
They are corresponding five senses that can probe and understand what is going on. It's almost like uh, an animal sense or a sixth sense. So between the intellect and the psychic senses that they are really tuned into, they can read people, read situations, sense coming events and dangers, and between the two, the psychic sense and the intellect, which means the mental body and the emotional body, and the soul, the soul not yet purified and made white, they have become good navigators in this and other planetary spheres. Not needing the Christ mind, therefore, they never had to slay the dweller on the threshold. No motivation to do so. Why should I get rid of my pride? Why should I get rid of my this, my that, or the next thing? I have no limitations, and I'm a very important person, and I have an ego, and I'm proud of that ego, and that's where I want to be. Now, that's true of a lot of people outside of this organization. In fact, most people that are successful today. Uh, They're very much uh, positioned in their homes, in their clubs, in their business, in their professions. They don't have any need for anything. And you don't see them breaking the doors down uh, to get to hear the teachings of the Ascended Masters. They don't need them. Furthermore, they don't want them because they will upset their entire existence. Because the day we challenge that beast, there is war until God in us through Christ wins. And Armageddon is raging where we are, whether or not it happens to be on the sphere we're inhabiting. It so happens that on this planet, both are going on simultaneously. What happens then is that this person with the intellect and the psychic ability has enough sense at a certain point to know that he needs a teaching and a path and a teacher. So he embraces the path and he comes along a certain way intellectually knows the teaching and also knows it by the psychic sense. Now comes that plane where the student is going to become a chila. Not a chila merely by a rote obedience. Not a chila merely by attempting to box the guru and tell the guru that I'm doing what I'm doing because this is what you said a hundred years ago or five months ago or five days ago. Always wanting to have a list of rules, regulations, and systems to follow as a point of obedience rather than to have to apply directly to the heart of the teacher or the messenger for the creative solution to a new phase of an ongoing service or a continuity of various problems. So out of fear, but also out of not having the inner capacity, the individual is not able to enter into a co-creative relationship with the guru, the messenger, or the masters. And it is very excellent and good that that one, according to the capacity that he does have, makes every effort, is striving, is decreeing, and does do a very credible and worthy job of his service. It so happens, however, that if he has attached himself to this activity, this messenger and the ascended masters, the masters and the messenger will not leave him where they find him. And therefore, the spell must be broken so that the divine mediator may appear and appear to that one as the Christ of the messenger as well as the Christ of himself. 
What happens here can be cataclysmic in the world of the individual, where in order to now begin to draw forth and become the Christ, one has to leave the moorings of the safe harbor of the intellect and the psyche or the psychic senses. One must be able to board the ship of Maitreya and trust the captain to know that that universal mind in him, and if not in him, then through the masters, will guide him to the labyrinth that he must pass through in order to fully internalize that mind himself. And the labyrinth is the electronic belt that you pass through from the seat of the soul chakra on your journey to the heart chakra and the secret chamber of the heart. And that includes all of the human creation that came out of wrong desire, the desire body that's attached to the solar plexus. Now all karma, negative karma, comes from wrong desire. So you see it is a labyrinth. We go round and round and round the spirals of that electronic belt daily on our cosmic clock and we are carving tunnels out of granite every single time we are decreeing and doing astrayas and doing violet flame and each day we're getting closer and closer uh, to the place of union but on the way we have to slay all these beasts on those lines. Ah, so on the way to union we must leave safe harbor and slay the beast. When we come back, we'll listen to another excerpt, this one focusing on friendship along the way and some of the pitfalls. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us. Today, we are concluding our series on the five steps of initiation under a master, where we began with student, moved on to Chila, went then to friend, brother, and today, Christhood. And those seeking Christhood, of course, that's you and we, often hit bumps in the road and desire consolation. Now, this is a pivotal step and not without its dangers. Here's more. Now, in the process of reuniting with God and going through such an arduous path, one senses the desire for consolation. One doesn't have the friendship with a capital F, that's that point of co-equality with a guru, One is in a state of being disciplined, so one looks for the human friend, someone of like place on the path, and that is understandable. The disciples were friends. The holy circle of men and women were friends. We find friends on the path with whom we can relate and understand our own plight. The danger comes when that association of friendship is so satisfying that through conversation and the consolation and comfort one receives from the friend, one is relieved and delivered of the burden of moving upward to slay the not-self and finally enter into the heart of the master. Now this path the soul must take between the seat of the soul chakra to the safety of the secret chamber of the heart is a very arduous path. To get into the 12 petaled heart chakra, mastery on those 12 lines of the clock in some measure, transmutation of the electronic belt in some measure, the eight petaled, eightfold chamber, secret chamber of the heart requires buddhic affiliation, buddhic friendship. So in the meantime, there is the sense of loneliness. Now, sometimes the friend is sought in a marriage relationship. And often, a marriage relationship can produce fiery chilas charging together, or it can be a mutual consolation whereby there is a softening of the blows that come with a direct encounter with a guru or the master or one's karma. And through that consolation, one can fail to perceive just how severe a test may be, or the karma may be, or the initiation may be. So any friendship we enter into inordinately, which displaces the real and living presence and fire of the guru and tends to mitigate what it does to us to stand in that encounter with Maitreya, becomes a friendship that is not lawful where it is a substitute for spiritual progress. Now, I told you last evening that one of the statements I made would relate to my talk giving to you now, and that statement was where people engage in human conversation, 
and to such an extent where it becomes a substitute for the path, for decrees, and for a real conquering of a situation because energy is exchanged. When you have a conversation, energy is exchanged. Compliments are given, the bolstering up of one's sense of sagging self, the despondency, the depression. One is is given a sense of, of happiness. The friend takes care of you. The friend sees you're down and out, takes you out to dinner, takes you here, takes you there, makes you forget about it. Now, that is very nice at times. But if it goes too far, what happens is that you are being cushioned, even as a parent will spoil a child and cushion that child from the hard work it takes to grow up and to create oneself from the moment of birth on. I mentioned to you that we had a lecture by André Poudois on the Doman Method. And the Doman Method teaches that uh, from the time of birth to uh, perhaps four months or longer, that children are very mobile and they do crawl on their bellies. And that's why we who've had children, notice we always find them at the top of the crib, the top of their bed, because they're moving forward as hard as they can move. I once babysat for a little boy when I was a teenager, and he would get to this top of his bed, and he was so determined to go forward that he would knock his head against the bed the whole night because he was trying to move forward. So Doman created this idea of a track, a track in the shape of a T-square, if you will, and the baby is put on this track as his bed and from the moment of birth. And that baby is inching his way along that track and every day getting stronger and stronger to go farther and farther until by the time he's four months old, he can do the whole thing and pretty soon they outgrow it and you just put them on the floor. And uh, they will crawl on their bellies for a long time before they crawl with their hands and their feet, which is absolutely essential for the development of the brain, coordination, and the five secret rays. So what I have noticed in some parents who have, have decided to do this is that they have not understood at first that when the baby does this, as he knows he's supposed to be doing it, it takes all of the might and strength of that baby to crawl one inch or two inches. So he gets on the track, and what does he do? He cries. He struggles. He huffs. He puffs. His heart is being accelerated. He gets red in the face, and he's still not getting any, anywhere. And his crying is a part of his expressing of himself at just how difficult this task is. And so parents seeing this will quickly run and pick up the baby and comfort the baby because the baby is crying. But crying is not a sign always that the baby needs to be picked up or is in distress. It is his expression. He doesn't talk yet. He can't say, boy, this is hard. So he makes a sound. He makes this sound. And it is a most amazing thing to see the physical development of a child as I have watched this process go on in recent weeks, how that exercise of putting out all of one's forces causes the baby to grow, to increase in weight. Uh, the character of the Christ shows in the face of the child. The face changes. There's a greater awareness, just as when we exercise and get a lot of prana and oxygen into our system. Now, that struggle, if you allow the baby to go through it, will be something that is second nature to the child when he is grown and needs to become a chila and fight that force he has to fight 
it is second nature to him that if he wants to make the goal and get something out of life, he will have to put forth the maximum effort of, as it says in the Bible, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. And that is a tremendous thing to allow a child to develop. And when we don't, we get flabby chilas on the other end who want human comfort, human consolation, human reprieve, you know, time out. You know, this is too hard, time out. I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. And in going, doing this and that, and treating ourselves to this and that, you lose momentum. You lose your momentum. You lose your rhythm. I mean, it's, it's just like any kind of a marathon runner in the Olympics. You just don't leave the track and say, I'll, you know, I'll be back and finish this race tomorrow. I mean, there's a certain rolling momentum you have when you're on to this dweller and you're going to cut through. Well, that is certainly true. You know, on this path, there's no time for a timeout. Well, you, you keep on <laughs> keeping on, so to speak, and you stay balanced. Yeah. You know, we're not... This, we're not fanatics, you know, we don't run around, you know, <laughs> doing fanatical things, but we do know there's a constancy. The first Keep of the Flame lesson talks about constancy. We need to keep on this path. It's a lifetime vocation. Every day you give it what you can. And I think what's important here is that a lot of people will come to the teachings of Ascended Masters because they love the teaching, they love the truth, they're fascinated by it, all the things they learn, the science of spoken word. But there comes a point, if they are going to progress anymore, that the master has to challenge their human consciousness. And so, am I going to let go of this human consciousness? I'm going to let go of my pride, my ego needs, to be patted on the back and said how wonderful I am and so forth. And we have to love God more than our need for this ego reinforcement. Because we can only get so far on the path unless we're willing to let go of this human ego. And we certainly can't put on our Christ consciousness um, as long as our ego reigns supreme. And as Mrs. Prophet mentioned in the first segment, there's plenty of people that like it the way it is. You know, yeah, no hey, look, I'm on top of the world. I got money. I got position. I got power. You know, people look up to me and so forth. And people love that. You have to love God more than those things yeah. to be on the spiritual path. And, and I would add here, Tom, that we've done all these things. You know, we've <laughs> been there, done that so many times. And finally say, enough is enough. You yeah. know, I don't need that anymore. I have this uns- insatiable desire and need for God. And because I have that desire and need, I'm willing to take the disciplines, the pulmoning, the pummeling, pummeling, that the master will bring you that others might not even be aware of. So don't, don't compromise your initiation by running away from it or denying it. Allow yourself to go through it because that's how progress is made. Oh yeah. And you know, sometimes we leap and sometimes we creep, (laughs) you know, you got to take it all together. And and sometimes we fall down. Well, (laughs) sometimes, yeah. (laughs) And so we got to get up. I was thinking the other day about this concept of storming heaven and being advised not to. And I wondered if there's a point where there's something called holy impatience. Because you said this insatiable desire for God, for union, for for the mind of Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's going to push us to really accelerate, but maybe we got to be careful. We Remember, don't get you can only hold enough light that your attainment allows you to hold and so forth. If the masters gave us the light that Jesus held in his aura, I mean, I don't know what would happen to us, but obviously we couldn't hold the balance for that light. We couldn't keep our harmony. It would be too intense. So it's fine to have that great desire for God, but you have to let God set the timetable for his presence with you. I mean, people have done a lot of things. People have called for the acceleration of their karma so they can get closer to God. Yeah. Well, we don't recommend that. No, you know? don't, don't supersize it. Yeah, because, you know, God will bring you the karma. <laughs> just, you know, he, he sends all I need on a daily basis. So, but loving God, you can 
express that in serving other people and loving other people. There are a lot of ways to accelerate yourself on the path, but ultimately we have to trust the teacher. Yeah. The guru who has been there, they have put on their Christhood. They know how it's done. They know how it's not done because so many people have failed. So trust in the process. And and they will not, as, as Mrs. Prophet said, they will not leave us where they find us. You know, in the ancient <laughs> tradition of the guru-chila relationship, the gurus were very gruff. Yeah. I mean, there was no hand-holding. <laughs> and people had to accept that in the Eastern tradition, in India and so forth. And sometimes they'd only get one instruction from their guru for, for an entire lifetime. So we're a little, I won't say we're spoiled in the West, but we bring <laughs> a different perspective to the path. But there are certain parts of this path which include the discipline, loneliness. People think loneliness is a bad thing. And I, nobody likes loneliness. We've all experienced that. But sometimes that loneliness is necessary for you to let go of those things that are blocks to putting on more of your Christhood. And I'll add here again before we break that you put on the Christhood in increments. Yeah. And so it's not all at once. But you put on increments. The more you're willing to let go of your human self, your pride, your ambition, all these things, the more you can put on of that Christ. Yeah, you know, and before we do go to break, we've got a couple seconds here. One of the things that's very interesting in that last excerpt had to do with friendship is sometimes becoming a substitute for spiritual progress. Yeah. Oh, Tom, you poor guy. (laughs) You've got such a hard lot in life. I know. And you're so wonderful. You know, I mean, I'd rather get my praise from God than each other. We all need encouragement when we're down, but let's not overdo it, okay? Yeah, indeed. Well, as we know, Christ does not happen all at once. It takes daily application and commitment, sometimes a little counseling, true friends, and a solid tie to a master. We'll be coming into that excerpt in uh, about two minutes, so please stay with us and take a short break. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. As we were as we were saying before the break, Christhood does not happen all at once. You know, sometimes we leap, sometimes we creep. Um, it just takes daily application, takes commitment, and as you'll hear in a moment here, it takes some counseling occasionally, takes true friends, and a solid tie to a master. And and love. Of course, and love always. First and last and in the middle. Here's more. Now in the situation of a particular individual that I was counseling on this subject who then brought up the issue of the friend and as I have been meditating on the needs of this Chila for some time what I have seen is that on the inner this Chila having been able to navigate for a long time on the intellect and the psychic ability has actually very little realized Christ consciousness that is realized in the flesh as attainment as the mind that works in him on a day-to-day basis as the mind that is the present mind then I said why is this so and then Moria showed me that above the head of this person as he is standing let us say in the electronic belt in the chamber of his being it's it's like the the roof of a cave It's like dark, solid rock. And that stands between him and his Holy Christ self. So the cave is hollowed out. The cave is comfortable. It's a place of accommodation, a place one can live. It's like the cave hollowed out represents the world. Get along just fine down here. Now comes the day of reckoning. By having not developed that Christ mind, Here is this solid rock of human creation, karma, and the dweller. And this individual is going to have to take picks, axes, dynamite, everything he can think of to blast this granite over his head to get through that electronic belt to that secret chamber of the heart. Knowing that on the other side of that is the true friend with a capital F, is the true twin flame with a capital TF, is the true brother and sister on the path. Now, if we cannot get to that place of deciding that we are going to go through this because of psychological hang-ups, then what we may need is the counseling of a counselor who is trained in psychology and trained by me in counseling. And there are such people on my staff who have had long years of experience, who have long been counseled by me and disciplined by me, and who also have their degrees and are capable of understanding, as St. John of the Cross would understand, where people are on the path and what they are going through. Now, it's not just a question of decreeing and attending services. It's a question of initiation and understanding where you are and understanding that you need 
that absolute oneness of chilaship with an ascended master and my intercession when necessary. The call is necessary. The decrees are necessary. But some people do have blocks because of various lines of the clock. Their fears, their resentments, their this, their that, you name it. Those things come into play, but they can't see that. And so they go round and round and round, and they can never get past certain levels of their psychology. Well, one of the reasons you can't get past it is because you don't understand it objectively, which is helpful. And two ways you can understand it objectively is a study of your astrological charts, and secondly, by counseling with a qualified ministerial counselor who, because of the nature of this problem, must have background in counseling and be able to understand the signs. Now, there have been PhDs who have come to me to offer counseling of my staff, and I haven't allowed them to do so because they weren't first chilas. They didn't have years of experience of working under me and seeing how I analyze step-by-step, problem-by-problem, those things that do come to me. So the counseling and the astrology helps. All the path of the teaching helps. The services help also. Most of you are not short on decrees. You're not short on services. If you could get to the kingdom and please Moria with your decrees, I'm sure you have tremendously pleased him already. The necessity is for the conscious understanding of the path, the engaging in it, the fighting for it on a daily basis. There's a certain amount of fire that has to be put out every day, just as this little tiny baby, a few weeks old, puts out all of his strength of his little body, of his little eight or ten pounds, to go three inches, one inch, on his little track. I mean, if you could see how heroic these babies are, how absolutely determined, how absolutely God-motivated, and how happy they are when they achieve it and their achievement is acknowledged by their parent and how peacefully they sleep the peace of having fought a good fight and won. You would know that that is the tonic and the answer to yourself. There is no way that this battle is going to be won without the engaging of all of one's forces. There is no way it's going to be won if you are not God-taught and illumined and do not receive the transfer of the Holy Spirit once a week. That is why I'm proposing to be here at this time. The conclusion of the matter is then that the goal of all else that you do is to become the Christ. It's the fifth step. And a part of these steps are fulfilled by all of us daily. You are being a friend to the Master daily. You are being a brother to him, and you are being a Christ daily, measure by measure. When the official level is granted to you, it is because of all other considerations of levels of karma, constancy, balancing of various past situations of faithlessness or absence of trust. There are many things at inner levels before you officially are on that level. And no one will raise you a single rung of the ladder if you are not prepared to slay the dweller on the planet, the false hierarchy of Antichrist that opposes you on that level. That's why Kuan Yin said, I'll give you every gift, any gift you ask for, as long as you can deal with the opposition to that gift, as long as you can hold your harmony and the light. 
And so what we pray for to Kuan Yin, we have to be able to hold on to. I would like to say then that to seek counsel and to seek and understand good relationships throughout this community, I feel we should go back to the understanding of the rule of order of St. Francis and St. Clair, of which order we consider ourselves a part, whether married or single, which is a communion with fellow brothers and sisters on the path, a sense of oneness and striving together, as well as a sense of our aloneness, the friend that can help you most being in the person of the Master and your own Christ self, being a good friend to others, supporting others in their burdens, but not becoming the solution to another person's problem, another person's need for intimacy, someone to tell one's secrets to, someone who will understand uh, one and, and talk over one's life experiences, day-to-day views, and so forth. We go overboard when we fail to affiliate ourselves with a master. Perhaps you have five masters that are very important to you, Elmoria, Saint Germain, Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, Archangel Michael. Uh, you name the ones that you feel close to. It is good to take one of those masters and on this path to understand that although you are supported by many, there is one master that is looking over you in a very special way. We've always said that that master is El Moria and that we must look to him. And so it is to this master that you tell your secrets, the intimate musings of your heart, and you seek to develop a tie. That tie can be developed before you cut through that roof of the cave that granite. That tie is a figure-eight flow of sponsorship that the Great Brotherhood has given to us as communicants and as keepers of the flame. You can have that tie before you have hardly balanced any karma. It is a tie of devotion, of bhakti yoga, of service, yes, of chilaship, yes, of being the friend and the brother, yes, of pursuing the embodiment of the Christ. It is a tie that is sustained by your decrees sustained by your devotion, but also sustained by your communication. You stop talking to your friends, you lose touch, right? You kind of drift away. A friendship needs nourishing. When you visualize that one, you have pictures of that one, you write to that one, and you sense that inner devotion that I am here and I am serving because I love you and I know you are helping me, that person, that master becomes extremely real. And there is profound consolation and no longer a sense of aloneness. It's a development by trust and you supply the trust because you have to supply the connection as in the Hail Mary over which the light descends. That's what the whole principle of mantras and prayers is. Clearing the path and the light descends. As long then as your associations and interactions don't go beyond the level of mutual support, don't become a substitute for your primal relationship with your Holy Christ Self. It is an ordinate relationship. When it becomes the place you go to when you feel bad because you don't have a spiritual consciousness and you don't have a Christ reality, you are in danger of remaining there 
ad infinitum in this human existence. Therefore, let us not allow human relationships to become a substitute for our path of personal Christhood and our bond of love which we so need to get to the place where we can be the true friend of others in embodiment and the true friend of God. You see, when we seek friendship because we need consolation, we need that feeling of intimacy, we are forgetting that the highest calling of all is for ourselves to be the true friend, to always have the cups of our chakras filled to give to another, and to always be able to give in the true tradition of the brotherhood that our gift is an impetus and a goad whereby that individual is able to make it himself rather than to be tied to us. We don't want to nurture people's needs for human ties to ourselves. We want to nurture and help them strengthen their understanding of their need, of their tie to Christ. Yes, indeed. I think it's safe to say that Christhood is literally our life and soul assignment, so we've got to get after it. We'll have more after a short break. Please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. For the last um, three weeks, we've been Exploring in a series of programs the five steps to discipleship with a master. And again, um, we're today talking about the final step, which is Christhood. And, you know, to recap very quickly, um, the student is the first step, and that's a time of sifting and sorting and basically studying and just kind of, you know, not being uh, tied in, in, in any specific way to a master or a guru just yet. But soon when the student is ready, as they say, the teacher appears, and that changes from the student level to the chila level, where there is basically this interchange, this figure eight flow with a teacher or a guru. And then the um, chila becomes more than just a student. It becomes a, uh, the friend's, the master's friend, and friendship blossoms into brotherhood until finally it comes to the fifth and final stage, which is Christhood. 
And this is something that we must strive for. This is not automatic. It, it is, Tom. And I think what we've been taught or through traditional Christianity is that just give your heart to the Lord and accept him as your savior and you're home free. Well, that may be a wonderful first step to take, but we are the ones that have to make the effort. God gives us our Christhood, and we earn it through our striving and our service, but it's not a rote thing. It's, as Mrs. Prophet spoke in several stages in her lecture there, where people can be doing all the right things on the outer, which are wonderful, but unless they have that inner connection, unless they're striving to overcome those things within them of their human consciousness, and how can the Christ displace that? Because as she said, you know, many people are very happy being in their human consciousness, in their carnal mind, because they're successful in the world. And they're comfortable. They're comfortable. But if you want God, you have to be willing to work and overcome that human consciousness. It's not going to go without a fight. You know, it likes things the way it is. (laughs) And so we're not making ourselves the Christ. We're preparing ourselves to receive the Christ, our very own Holy Christ self. And we've got to get rid of some stuff that's influencing (laughs) us, so to speak, in in not a good way. And so this is where the striving, the working, this is that that baby she talks about. You're not going to make it to heaven by being passive. No, it takes heroic effort in in some cases. I was very taken with the image of the cave where the what separates us from the Christ mind is the, this wall of granite or the ceiling of granite. And I thought to myself, gosh, that seems a bit bleak, maybe um, a little bit hard to take. But then she said, when you pray and decree, you clear the path and light descends. And you have to want that. You know, yeah. we, this individual, or she was talking about the generic individual, we create that granite. It, it, God didn't put that granite over us. No. <laughs> we created it through our misqualification of energy. And as she said, some people are very comfortable in that cave. You know, and but if you want to go beyond that, you have to start chipping away at that human substance, if you will, that has so solidified at, at an inner level in our being that it takes the violet flame and it takes real striving to get rid of it. But it can be done. It can be done. You know, she mentioned, too, that there's a momentum. I think she even said it's not hundreds of years, perhaps, but thousands of years, even building that, that comfort zone in our own mind. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty <laughs> smart, quote unquote. Yeah. And, you know, with this level of smartness in my mind, I can be a success in the world, Yeah. you know, quote unquote. But, you know, at a certain point, we decide, and I think if you're listening here, you've made that decision. That's not what you're here for. That's not your desire. You're tired of it. We all grew tired of that because it wasn't getting us anyplace. And most importantly, it wasn't getting us closer to our God. And God, you know, will will encourage our striving in, other, in the sense that he won't give it all to you all at once, but he'll give you an experience or a feeling or a knowledge that yeah. will be an incentive to you. It says, oh, I'm, I'm touching the hem of garment of my Christ self. I want more. God will give us more, but we have to strive and work to clear that debris that prevents us from receiving that. And I, I want to go back to something I said last segment, too, that you know we do occasionally leap and occasionally we creep, um, and that just don't give up. And I think the thing I mentioned was I, I asked the question, we didn't get a chance to explore it, is there such a thing as holy impatience? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can certainly be desirous of God, and there's a lawful desire of God, but there's also, as Mrs. Prophet mentioned in a quote from Kuan Yin, you have to be able to hold the balance of that light that God gives you, the opposition to it in the world. The fallen angels do not want you to make spiritual progress, because every person that makes spiritual progress is a threat to them. They've been manipulating us and stealing the light of the children of God on this planet for a long time. They liked it that way, because (laughs) they can't get light from God. So every time one comes up higher... 
That's one less soul that they can take from. And by the way, when you put on your Christhood, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the planet. The planet changes. It comes up higher. For every son and daughter of God that becomes the Christ, the planet comes up higher. And as they come up higher, people can make new strides and new progress that they couldn't have made otherwise. And I think you used the word mantle. It's an interesting concept to see yourself as wearing the mantle of all these stages. You, you wear the mantle of student. You wear the mantle of Chila. At the end of this rainbow, you're wearing the mantle of Christhood, the universal mind. Exactly. Um, and, you know, we, I mean, can you imagine where we would be if Jesus had not chosen to embody the oh Christ? <laughs> I mean, where would we be? Yeah. You know, by his presence in the earth, it so raised the earth, even the physical earth, and so raised us by his example that we're here today, I believe, because of that example, if we understand it, and are, we have the ability to follow him. That's all we're asking. Lord, lead me, let me follow you. The teacher, the master will guide you on that. And I just want to interject here. It's always good to take an ascended master versus someone in embodiment, no matter what their intentions, because they're the ones that can unfailably lead you. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but get you get you where you need to get. Well, I think unfailing and infallibly. <laughs> well, you know, um, this leads us to a topic I want to tease it just a little bit right now because I think we're kind of going in this direction. And this is one of those subjects that I think for all of us here, we face this every day, whether we're aware of it or not, that one of the the greatest threats that we face to our divine aspirations is humanism. And that's the desire to make the human, the human endeavors, the human mind supreme. Um, and we plan to share what I consider to be a landmark lecture on this very subject it's going to take us about three or four weeks to do this because it's quite lengthy, but it is so worth your time to tune in. And we won't be doing this immediately, probably start it in about two weeks, maybe three. But I want you to just kind of pay attention, stay tuned, because we're going to be exploring this in a great amount of detail that I think is absolutely vital for people to understand. You know, Tom, it says, I think it's, choose this day whom you will serve. Exactly. And that's the question we face every day. Are we going to serve our human consciousness, the world, so to speak, you know, friendship of the world is enmity with God. Doesn't mean we can't be part of the world, but we can't be aligned with the world. Choose a state whom you will serve. We make that decision every day. Let us choose the Christ, the path of the Christ, and not the path of the world, whether it be humanism or communism or whatever ideology-ism it is that does not is not part of God. Because they'll say, who needs God when we have this? Indeed. And so we have to choose. Who do we want most? Speaking of choosing, we want to thank you very much for choosing to tune into this program. Uh, it is our pleasure, our, our, it's our honor to be able to share it with you. And just to remind you that you are indeed on the path of Christhood. This is something you can acknowledge, you can embrace, and you're not alone. You have friends in higher places. <laughs> they're, they're and, and it's not blasphemy to think yourself equal with the Christ. Not at all. Or becoming the Christ. There's a Christ in you. You have a holy Christ self. It's your guardian angel. It's your best friend. It's the Christ consciousness that is there you can access if you choose. If you choose. And if you choose to get in touch with us through email, you can do so at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate your participation in this mandala. We are grateful, blessed, and though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. 
Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. 